Welcome to the Boy Park Art Podcast with Una McIntyre and Sarah Linus. Boy Park Art is our virtual place named after the vanished public art sculpture park situated beside the Belfast School of Art where we used to meet and chat. We invite you to our new park to share in conversations about art and artists in Northern Ireland and beyond. Hello and welcome to episode 10. We're continuing our chat with Anna Mangle this week. Anna, good to have you back again. Hi, Anna. Hi, Zara. Great to be back. Anna, you have talked a bit about the thinking behind the work. What what happened? What, what did you do for the performance in Boy Park? So the performance I did at the end of last year in Boy Park, I called it The White Girl on the Field of Mars. And the audience were watching from the fifth floor of the atrium where the lifts are in the art school. And they had a kind of tea party set up where they had rosemary tea and fairy bread and Turkish delight. And there was a table with some books out on it, some Polaroid cameras, a small photo, a small video on my iPhone of a, uh, of a fire that could have also, if you didn't know what it was, could look like a comet. And the performance started in the afternoon at a certain time and they were everyone had been invited to come together and kind of be in that area for the start of it Um, it was a really rainy really windy day and so they looked out of the window with the rain kind of streaming down that curved glass atrium roof and they would have seen me walk out into the park I kind of walked ceremoniously like as if I was doing you know how when you see people um, putting up flags it's all kind of a ceremony so I wanted to make it quite ceremonial. And I walked out with the folded blanket that I was talking about in the last episode, folded in my hand and holding holding the blanket up. So I walked into the middle of the square, then turned at right angles and walked towards the boxer statue. Um, and I climbed up onto the boxer statue and I attached the pink and white, pink and red checked blanket around his shoulders and attached it with a safety pin and and left it there. And that was symbolic of a kind of an act of, I guess, comfort or protection or a way to have an interaction with a statue that's representing masculinity, a way to kind of, I guess, yeah, to have an interaction with it. Otherwise, you know, every day when I pass that statue, I just see this kind of, like, glorification of the masculine or of violence. Um, Maybe um, describe describe the statue for those who don't know it. It's um, Rinty Monaghan. Rinty Monaghan, that's the name. Yeah, um, an Irish flyweight boxer. Yeah, and he he was known for um, he's from around the area, I think, and he was known for singing when Irish eyes are smiling at the end of his when he he, he usually won at the end of his boxing matches. So, yeah, it's a life-size bronze statue of him kind of in full flight, you know, with his, uh, with his shorts on and his kind of, I think he's, even, he's got the title belt on and his, box, his boxing gloves are there. But I, in my research for the work, I, I heard a, um, an interview with him and he talked about how when he first went to a boxing rink, he was going there for another reason and the guy who ran the boxing rink kind of got him up and had get him to have a go and he did really well and so he kind of gave him a job and when he went home and told his dad that his dad like beat him up and then took him around to the guy who ran the boxing ring and kind of you know yelled at him as well so 
but it was just, I guess, the way he talked about physical violence and the way it was like, it was just kind of part of his reality. It wasn't um, like there was anything wrong with it. And my experience of physical violence as a woman is so different. You know, it's like, it's not okay for me on any level. And the fact that my dad had been violent um, to me, as I said in the last episode, that his nickname was Smasher. By me getting up onto that statue and putting that blanket, I was, and that was the same blanket that had been on my dad's dead body. In a way, I was kind of, I mean, I want to say feminizing, but it was, it was more than that. It was almost, what's the word? It was almost like I talked about breaking a spell in doing that work. So the people that were upstairs, they had, they all got a little booklet, and the booklet had in it a text that described. It said something like, when you drink this rosemary tea and eat this fairy bread, you will be, something like you will get the strength of a woman in childbirth and it will never leave you. I can't remember the exact terms, but it was taken from, do you know, you know that curse from the, the Irish story about, um, it's, I'm not sure exactly how to say it, but it's Erwin or Eamon Maha, the twins. You know that story about the woman who, she goes to that guy's house and she's like a fairy queen or she's a goddess and, yeah, not fairy queen, she's like a goddess, and she goes to his house, just turns up one day after his wife has died and and puts the house in order and, you know, is this like kind of perfect um, support to him. Um, And he goes to the king one day because the king's having some big meeting, but she says to him, whatever you do, don't tell anyone about me. But then the king's boasting that his horses are the fastest horses in the land and nothing can beat them. And he just can't help himself. And he goes, well, actually, my wife can. And so the king calls for the wife. You know that story? I've heard some elements of it, yeah, but not this. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be able to talk about it with any confidence. Yeah, so he, he calls her in and she's heavily pregnant. And she, she says she won't go, but he says, if you don't come, I'll kill your husband. He says he wants her to race the horses. And she, again, says, no, I can't. I'm heavily pregnant. You know, you can't make a pregnant woman do that. And then he's like, well, I'm killing your husband. So, of course, she has to race. And she beats the horses. But as she crosses the finish line beating the horses, she gives birth to twins. And I think Erwin or Emin is means twins and Maha, that's her name. So, to, so she puts a curse on all the Ulster men. That's the curse of the Ulster men. At that moment when she gives that, that <laughs> she gives, you can't see that, but we just had a bit of an eye roll there. Um, so at the moment, the curse she gives is that when an Ulster man is in his hour of greatest need, he will be as weak as a woman in childbirth. And there's different versions of it, and it will last for nine days or it will last for five days. So in a way I was reversing that curse by putting the blanket and then by doing the next part of the performance that came after that so Anna there was another bit of that same performance where you retitled the name of the park do you want to talk a bit about why you done that and how you done it sure yeah so the second part once I got down from the boxer statue was to go over to the part of the park that used to have the boys in it Um, it's like a kidney shaped area with three round circles on it where the boys used to be and so I took a bucket a gray dark gray bucket and I'd filled it with calcium carbonate or whiting I mean I said it was wolf hill quarry limestone because that sounded better um, which is kind of technically the same thing but I, I, I just got it from the ceramics department 
I'm so happy one of those guys up there. Matt, is it Brian? Yeah, he's yep. like, sure, go on, take it. Yeah, pay me back later. I was like, oh, thank you. So I mixed it up with water. And it's a beautiful, uh, has a beautiful quality whiting if you don't know it. It's like it's silky and smooth and uh, it's very light and it will wash away, of course. And I, I chose that material as a kind of, again, as a kind of um, foil or a call and response type thing to the basalt hills that are all around Belfast, the Cave Hill, Ben Madigan, Divis Mountain, Black Mountain, you know, there's all this heavy black basalt that's kind of basically surrounding the city, like immovable, you know. Again, to me, that was like the Ulster Man vibe. Um, and so I was, I was choosing something white, light, sanctifying that would be washed away. But I chose really large letters. So I walked over to that kidney-shaped area and then I, with a big brush, I just wrote out G-I-R-L. So rebranding, if you like, the park, a temporary rebranding of girl. And I chose the kind of style of lettering that was like that kind of stenciling, graffiti style, um, that kind of, I remember Mary McIntyre telling me a story that about the boys that she remembered fondly you know, years ago, the goths would sit underneath it and in the, when it was raining and just hang out. Um, so to her, it had that kind of, um, it reminded her of that kind of like street punk girl aesthetic. So the kind of lettering in that style fitted that way. Um, and then I finished off the performance. I just walked off. It was very, very windy and very rainy. My, you know, clothes were being blown everywhere. My hair was being blown everywhere. And the people inside were completely dry and just watching. And from quite a distance, I really loved the idea that they were watching from such a high distance. Yeah, it was a really different way of performing to have your audience in such a different space but in such a different experience of that space. I think you said something about that, Una, once, didn't you? You said something about it, it being quite different. Inside, for us, it felt, well, it was warm and dry for a start and cosy it was like a party celebration atmosphere as well especially with the fairy bread laid out and the tea and you know taking photographs of each other and of you out through the window and we were it's it is quite high up there it's fifth floor but it feels a lot higher than five floors the way you're looking out over all the glass down onto the park as well yeah it's a great glass wall isn't it it's a really it's a good view. Can I ask, you have participated in one of the baby-owned performances in Play Park. How different was your solo performance compared to being amongst so many new people in the, um, was it the Belfast International Festival of Performance Art and the Baby Aunt Monthly were sort of combined? So how did you find that? Yeah, that's another really, really great question. Um, I mean, I, that was a, a real highlight. That was an amazing, amazing day. I hadn't really planned to join it. I mean, I was just hanging out, you know, I thought these, I didn't really know anything about it, but things were happening in the foyer. And I was like, oh, these people are interesting. And I just started hanging out and having chats and going, this is great. Like, this is so free. These people are so free. And then... One afternoon, someone said, oh, by the way, tomorrow there's a, a thing on at midday, you know, anyone's free to join. I'm like, oh, God, okay. Um, and so I just turned up. And it's funny because I'd had this, I'd had a plan I wanted to do for St. Patrick's Day where I wanted to, and I even, like, contacted the organisers to see if I 
could do it. And they, they were like, no, you can't because it's all have to be official and invited. But my plan was I was going to walk at the end of the St. Patrick's Day parade with bare feet, with a sign saying, I don't want to suffer anymore and walk backwards at the end of the parade. It was kind of my private kind of, you know, I don't know. I haven't been brought up a Catholic. It was like my private little anti-Catholic, anti-guilt thing, you know. And um, so in the back of my mind, that was always there. And when when I didn't ha- I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I, I just went up to the studio and grabbed a small little chalkboard that I had up there and a piece of chalk and got to the kind of square and people were just kind of just doing whatever. It was like completely free. First thing I saw was there was a pool of water from that had been raining a lot, freezing cold, by the way. And, of course, there was a number of people in the freezing cold water with no shoes on or with just one shoe off and one shoe on. And I was like, that's it. There's my suffering right there. And I immediately remembered and I wrote on the board, I don't want to suffer anymore. And I just took my shoes off. It was like a no-brainer. I didn't even have to think. And just got in the water and was like, here I am suffering with no freezing cold feet and my sign. And, um, and then I just proceeded to walk really slowly backwards, like through the, you know, around the park. Because I didn't really know anyone. I didn't really kind of want to interrupt anything. And I didn't really know what I was, what was going on really. So I was like, well, if I just choose this really simple kind of activity and just see what happens. And then all these interactions kind of happened that were amazing. Like, oh, it was, yeah, it was a real highlight. I, I raved on about that afterwards. Just like the freedom. I've never felt, well, I shouldn't say never. I do tend to um, exaggerate. Um, but I felt incredibly free. Like I thought, this is fun. This is play. This is total freedom. It was remarkable. It was such a great experience. Oh, but I didn't really answer your question, did I? What was the difference? Yeah. It, it did in a way. It was, more, it was more fun. It was more playful. The first one was really serious and really intense. It was like I was, you know, breaking some curse or doing something, some important thing to me personally. Um, but the second one was, I mean, it was unplanned. It was spontaneous. It was just really fun. It was like being a kid. That's the beauty of the performance monthly. You know, you can come with some intention or you can just rock up and see what happens. And because you have the different energies moving about during the time and the space, you just never, it's really re-energising. I find quite a lot of the time it will spark something else and you know, an unexpected happening in the event so they're um, they're a really good safe place to sort of test out performance ideas and gauge the reaction from the people you're surrounded by and that's the performers and the public as well because they're they're done in, in public yeah i think i i i mean and it taught me stuff about myself too because i think at one stage i kind of um there were uh, is his name brian is it brian brian connolly is he a lecturer there yeah yeah so he was in the pool of water at the end and I had these chunks of, um, it was the dried out white limestone or white calcium carbonate that dried out and it was kind of like chunks of chalk and they are in the bucket and I took, because I took the bucket down with me as well. And at one stage I thought, oh, that'd look nice if I just chucked them into the water because they'd melt and just kind of, you know. And so I kind of like just lobbed them gently into the water near him, but no response. It was like, he just got out of the water and I realised, oh, throwing throwing something at someone <laughs> close to someone in Northern Ireland, totally different risk, like you don't do that basically. It's got a whole different context and meaning. So 
And I was like, why is he not getting, he, why, why is he not responding? Oh, okay, I get it. Okay, sorry, I shouldn't have done it. So it's all kind of, it's all kind of different cultural, yeah. Yeah, you, oh, don't throw, you don't throw rocks at people, even if they are just chalk, you know, and you are lobbing them really gently. You just don't do that. It's a missile. So yeah. Brian, uh, the, the Belfast International Festival of Performance Art of BIFPA is Brian's baby. Uh -huh. so, yeah. Um, yeah. so it's good that you, you interacted with, with him. He's, uh, for me, he's a bit of a star turn. I'm very, very fond of Brian. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everyone was great. I mean, er everyone. I really... Yeah, I just really, I, I thought, oh, this is, there was a, a great sense of, um, you know, freedom and that you could just be who you were and that was okay. You didn't have to talk or you didn't have to interact, but it was okay just to be there. Like normally I won't stay around a group very long. I'll just move, or, you know, I'll go, I'll check it out and I'll kind of keep moving. But um, I just I st end up staying there. I ended up. So watching quite a bit of it for a couple of days. So yeah, it was great. Yeah, there was a lovely talk by that Italian lady, remember? Is it the University of the Atypical? Did you go to that? Can't remember her name now. Frances Mazzetti. That's it, yeah. Great talk. Maybe I cried in that talk. And she talked about um Liz Lucia Joyce, James Joyce's daughter, who ended up living most of her life in a mental asylum in England. Very moving. So Anna, you mentioned about looking after yourself and that sleeping for a few months or that resting now that you've gone back home are you working making work now um, or what can we expect to see from you in the near future yeah i've started making stuff again well i've started i've put in a proposal for a local regional gallery for an exhibition for next year and that got accepted which is really great um, and that will be to do a work that i started at the beginning of this year in belfast it was supposed to be exhibited at the end of our first year at Vault Galleries, or Vault Gallery, Vault... Vault Studios, yeah. Vault Studios, that's it. But because of COVID, I had to bring it all home with me. We came back for the second semester in January. You had just come back from Australia, and the forest fires yeah. were tearing through the country. Yeah, yeah. I came home for five weeks and pretty much was in the middle of it, like spent five weeks full of adrenaline full of cortisol, just stressed out, like, yeah, all kinds of things. My, my husband's sister's house burnt down. My other sister got evacuated a number of times. We were nearly evacuated. We had a fire come just, uh, I mean, I could see it just across the across the way. It was coming for us. Um, we lost power. We had no, we were right in the middle of it. It was just, um, it was very traumatic. And so when I got back to Belfast, I, I realised I wasn't going to be able to make work in the normal way. And I so I devised this kind of idea, which is what I'm going to end up showing in the gallery in the show next year, where I would just paint squares. I, would, I, would, I wanted to do some kind of colour therapy. So there's this ancient Indian Sanskrit text called the Lalita Sahasranama, and Sahasrara means like a thousand. So it's a thousand names of Lalita, the goddess Lalita, who's a kind of... She's like one of those ultimate female goddesses. And um, she, and so in the text, it describes her thousand names. And I thought what I would do, I would paint a thousand colours and I would, it would kind of be like a chromogram or a spatialized representation of the mention or references to colours within the text. So because I needed a kind of program or a process that I could do without thinking. I needed to sort of set something up that would allow me just to like 
just paint colored squares basically like therapy and so and then i thought i would put them in a room so i'm, I'm going to build a, a plywood room um and there'll be the thousand colors in four different panels um sets on each of the walls and then there'll be three channels of audio so when you experience it you come into the room um the white cubed room with the panel colored panels and there's a soft carpet underneath you what you you come in barefoot um so one of those flaccati carpets which is kind of like it's again got that kind of like a bit of the 1970s spiritual kind of vibe the whole hippie healing kind of vibe artist experience um, and the three channels of audio you can choose will be a guided meditation a a sound piece that my husband's going to make with synths um, a kind of dreamy sound piece and another tech another audio of me talking about or reading different quotes um haven't written it yet but it will have references to like abstract art and um color theory and spirituality or like my favorite quotes from my favorite people so it's a bit i'm inspired by things like you know mark rothko's chapel where you create a whole like environment that you get to have a spiritual experience in so it's trying looking at the spiritual in art and I want it to be a healing experience, so it's my own personal healing from the fire, but I'm hoping that it will extend to um, the people in this area who've also, we've all experienced it, we've all been through it. Um, so it's actually kind of fitting that it's going to happen here. It sort of makes more sense in a way. So how, how far along have you got with it? I know that you sort of, you were working in bits and starts for a while. Yeah, I think I've got, I've finished the first panel, which is 300 squares. Yeah, I, I I tried to do a few when I first got back and I, they, they just look terrible compared to the ones I did in Belfast. And I reckon it was the light. The light's much harsher here. So they kind of, you can tell they're, they're not from there, they're, they're different. And yeah, I just stopped then. I was like, oh, I don't like it. So I think I've been back long enough now where I can just sort of start again. And um, But there's lots to do with like I'm applying for a grant and I had to put in application to the gallery and so you know all the stuff you have to do budgets and timelines and all that yes you've been keeping busy then keeping busy yeah yeah digging a vegetable garden that's good good for the soul as well as the art yeah oh i needed to yeah for months i just would like spend ages looking at george o'keefe's garden in where was she where did she live new mexico there's like a live feed of it you can even see it at night i just check in every now and again and but she worked really hard, man. She worked hard. She had this whole larder full of all the food that she kept and she just like lived on her own and painted and it was very bleak, although wasn't it? And where I she know. lived was quite stark. I know. Yeah, and hot, like the house it, yeah, see look up the pictures of the larder. It's really kind of amazing. She had like crock pots and stuff and I know, but I love that idea. I wanna be like that, but I'm like really not. So <laughs> when I couldn't do anything, I just was like I'm just going to watch her, I mean, her garden that high school students are now looking after. Yeah, so all, all kind of animals would come in in the night and stuff. Yeah, it's good. Infrared, now I'm really into infrared cameras, night cameras. Tell us this, what is your studio set up now that you're back in Australia? Yeah, no studio, just the kitchen. I go between the kitchen table, the outdoor out the back, um, and the desk in my room. But, yeah, that, no, it, there's no messy areas, you know. Done a bit of woodworking construction out the back. Yeah, but no, no studio. And do you want to tell us where can people find out more information about you and your work, Anna? Or do you have a mailing list? Or? I don't know. I mean, I've got an email. 
I've got an email if you want to contact me, anna.nangle at hotmail.com. Um, but I don't do social media because I'm, I'm like an addict. Um, so I can't, I've had to like take myself away from <laughs> it. Just really bad career move, I know, but I'm old, so don't really need a career. Um, but I do, I've, I've got a Vimeo, <laughs> I've got a Vimeo channel. So Anna Nangle on Vimeo, you can see a few of the videos. But yeah, but look out for next, I've got, I'm planning a project for when I come back for next year. Um, and I want it to be a participatory collaborative yeah. experience. Yeah, so keep in contact. But I'll, I'll advertise it when I come over there for participants and to do with Cave Hill. Let, let the guys from BBO know about it. Oh, sure. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah, it might be interest there. Yeah. Anna, thanks so much for making the time, especially with the time difference, to get together with us. It's been lovely to see you. Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much. Yeah, and I'm, I'm loving the podcast, by the way. It's just really nice to hear Northern Irish voices again and connect with that part of the world. Well, wasn't that lovely to get chatting to Anna and to be able to arrange across the miles and across the time zones? With only a few hiccups. Yeah. Only a few little mix-up. We didn't do too badly. I really enjoyed talking to her and especially because I couldn't be there for her performance to get the description and how it felt from both sides, from hers and from yours. And I think it's interesting too when you talk about artworks and even just, you know, our different processes and stuff on the podcast, they're being recorded. That's them there <laughs> at in time. Isn't that, it's an interesting way to keep performances and keep artwork. Documented in archive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not only that, but I think, you know, in the future, when we look back to see what we've talked about, we'll probably have forgotten. Oh, I've already, <laughs> <laughs> I've already forgotten. So I'm already talking to people and saying, such and such and they're like oh we know that already you talked about it in the podcast <laughs> so that's already happened I dread to think what it'll be like in a couple of years time we'll be like did we do a podcast what, what phase was that we were going through well, speaking of phases we were talking this week about what we've been doing you know, over the summer and our practices and what we're planning to do for the course for the next while and I don't know about you but I find coming back to school it takes me a wee while to settle in. Yeah, I think even usually a summer time can be quite long, for, especially at university. Never mind this year, we had the strikes first and then I don't think I even got back in really maybe once after the strikes and it was straight into lockdown. Mm-hmm. So it has been a really long time. Like we've de-schooled ourselves and, <laughs> now we have, and then all of a sudden we're expecting ourselves to be just, yeah, we've got this yeah, <laughs> within, a, within the first week. Hitting the ground running doesn't necessarily happen. I've been focused more on more commercial ornamental objects over the summer and then to jump back into thinking with the fine art head has been a a real ass. Yeah, switching between the both is definitely a skill in itself, isn't it? Especially when some parts take up more of your time and they're like shouting louder at you. You know, people want things done and, you know, you're getting requests to make things and 
it's easy to just be distracted sometimes and go along and you're getting those things done because you feel like you're being productive if you're doing making things and completing as well that's it whereas you've got this other big thing in the background that maybe needs more academic and theoretical research to back up <laughs> and justify this yeah work of art that you're going to do uh-huh. and you're trying to come up with a concept that you want to work with and that suits your the way you work and what you can research towards as well and it's hard to get a balance sometimes yeah well I, I find this week really really helpful in grounding myself back into the the mfa process and it took for me a dander around the studio so i had a conversation maybe at the weekend or last week with a curator talking about where you develop projects and whatnot and selecting things to talk about for talk and knowing what's your strong work and what's maybe less strong and the, the curator said to me this is why curators come and visit artists in their studios because they don't know what work is good <laughs> yeah you could be sitting looking at something and fed up looking at it and then with someone with a fresh set of eyes comes in and looks at it like oh you're really on to something yeah, so I took my camera into the studio and just walked around taking photographs, partly because uh, I had a, I let somebody, let another artist friend use the studio space to do some ceramic work. So she had the place to herself and uh, we're good friends, so I was happy enough to let her crack on. But she was set asking so many questions about, you have a thing sitting over such and such, what's that? And there have been so many different interesting things that because they've been there for so long, I look through them and pass them whenever I'm, I'm there. So I use the camera as a different eye to walk around the studio to see if I could see something different in something that was there. And the encouragement from chatting to the others in the group was really motivating in maybe making slightly different work because one of the things I would be worried about is I like playing with all the toys and using different media and I hate the idea of being pigeonholed as oh she's a ceramics artist or she's a performance artist because I feel that if that if I'm told that I see myself in that pigeonhole and find it really hard to break out and do something else I don't want to be in a rut yeah you don't want to get yourself in a in a rut where you're just known for one thing no no not when you like 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 you you like playing with various materials as well yeah I like I wouldn't want to be just a photographer Mm -hmm. I want to play with watercolor and acrylics and make things and so yeah and I might not even have found exactly what I want to do yeah, it could, I want to leave it op- the options open. Yeah. yeah, and to have that encouragement and to be able to say things out loud in that group setting, sort of, it, it gives you the confidence to try out and share. I think it's important that you share these other experiments. Yeah, especially when people are at the same stage of their work as well, like just working on experimenting and pulling things together. I think sometimes when you're in a group and you're talking about it, it makes it much more sense and it really helps you focus your attention on your own work and where you're going and, and I'm just wondering I'm just thinking about that and the, the, the value that's placed on different materials and the comparison between you know fine art and craft and the conversation around that sort of is filtering into my head as well it's a tough it's a tough line especially when you like and enjoy doing both 
no, no I think we could maybe um so hopefully we're going to have a conversation with Sue Cathcart very soon and yeah. she didn't go to art college and oh, that would be interesting. yeah and makes a lot of work using paper so it'll be interesting to hear Sue's take on that sort of thing yeah it'll definitely be interesting to get talking to to more people who have taken different routes to where they're working you know I'm part of different groups and I see different people sharing their work and it's completely different to when you share your work at a credit when people are there solely just to focus on your work and, and bring it on a bit that's something that maybe we think about in the future is maybe facilitating some sort of critzing yeah <laughs> collaborating and doing that for each other yeah and for a yeah. group of people when we're allowed groups again although i think it could work it would be ideally it would be in person but i think it could is something that could work digitally as well or virtually i think it's good to have a selection of people but also a selection of people who are comfortable sharing their work with each other yeah and sometimes when someone else is talking about your work they just have to say one sentence and it'll just click so much into place in your mind about what you were actually trying to say yeah i think that would be helpful we should make a make a wee note of that well, I suppose if anybody's interested in having a go with that, they can always get in contact with us you know, through Instagram or the, the email or whatnot. And, yeah. uh, you know, create cells of artists having crit. Yeah, it would be useful. Yeah, there's there's lots to take from it. You know, it really is a good way of progressing your work, especially if you're stuck or you don't know. Sometimes you even need that bit of encouragement just to say, yeah, you're on the right path. Keep going. You're not there yet, but keep at it. Absolutely, yeah. But another thing that I would be quite interested in, if anybody is so minded, is if anybody does something, you know, gets some work or has a, a reaction to something that we've been talking about that is maybe changed something that they've done or made them think about something in a different way, or if there's something that we don't know about and we've been talking about it and they have better information, just to get in touch with us and let us know, because we're all somewhere on the learning curve. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a learning curve. It's a learning loop-de-loop, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think you know, part of the reason that we started with the podcast was to be social. It's not just us having a chat. You know, it's to try and make yeah. connections between people as well. Yes, definitely. And I think it's getting there. It's already. I'm already seeing some small connections. And it's lovely when we get messages about the podcast. So if anybody has anything to say or if they want to do any collaborations or anything in the future they should get in touch definitely we're very approachable we, we are <laughs> we're just pretty busy so trying to get times where we can get to talk to people just with the different timetables and whatnot can be quite tricky and yeah. interesting especially across time zones especially across time zones speaking of time zones wonder if i can get it here while you're talking um do you know where all we're having visitors from for the podcast no because you're no. the one sitting at the yeah the main so we've got uk obviously mm-hmm. united states we knew about that australia obviously it's probably just anna <laughs> it's actually not it's more than that russia didn't see that one coming no france and singapore wow we're getting yeah. about we are getting about don't know if anybody's going to understand our accent but maybe well, they're listening they can go to sleep at night <laughs> well that's really lovely that's, that's quite encouraging as well you know that we yeah. are that, that we are touching people in different countries and different cultures yeah it's a it's a nice way to get your voice out there even if you don't know what it is yet yeah, yeah. and say 
about that learning curve. We're, we're always discovering new things about ourselves and for our practice and how we do things and why we do things. Yeah, and how important it is to keep doing our work as well, which at the minute is probably going to get even more publicity because of that new campaign that's been put out. Have you seen it? About reforming, reworking, re-educating yourself away from the arts and into cyber. Well, funny enough, I saw a link on Facebook to do with that retraining. Uh, it was a survey. So I went through the survey, went through all the loops and got to the see your survey result. And my top alternative profession turns out to be actor. <laughs> Not even actress, actor. Actor. So I think I need to go back to the drawing board because I think if you're an actor, that's one of the career choices that you need to rethink and retrain yeah. from. Well, you're just going to be stuck in a cycle, aren't you? Well, I'm hoping that the arts are good for, not just for entertaining people, but for getting messages across. And I'm pretty sure that they'll fight back and have an opinion on this. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. The only thing we have to worry about is what are we being distracted from? What's actually going on? They're having us all focus on this. Yeah, to go from uh, arts and crafts being so vital and important for mental health during a lockdown and restriction now it's okay retrain and go and be a lorry driver yeah i thought you were going to say there that the podcast took a turn from talking about (laughs) arts and crafts to politics (laughs) but i'm probably i'm i'm not very politically minded and it's not something i would normally have confidence to speak out about or talk about so i let the people who are do that you know I take a, a back seat but with this one it's even no, it, got my attention yeah. it's so personal though I know like we spent so long getting to be here doing this work you know we both had tr- trouble at the start where you were pushed into social not, care so uh, work not, with it. not art for a start but no. yes at school <laughs> at school the um the, the bit of paper that was pushed into my hand most often in the careers room was social work yeah mine was either social worker, childcare or um, hairdressing. Not that there's anything wrong with that if that's your thing, but it was took a long time to get here and to, to get to this age and now they're going to say retrain and go <laughs> <laughs> be something else. <laughs> and there's one thing I know for sure is that I shouldn't be in charge of anybody's cyber security. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I shouldn't be in charge of anybody's hair. Uh, my husband, uh, after the, the one time that he handed me the um, the razor without the guard on and he had a job interview the next day and instead of just doing the tidy up around the edges I thought I was doing a, a quick all over to get rid of stray hairs and I did a really tight <laughs> runway diagonally from his neck up to the top of his head so from <laughs> from that day onwards he hasn't let me near his hair Aside from that, what is your next plan of attack in the studio? Do you know what you're doing? Yes. So, and considering we're in week five now, it's about time that I (laughs) can say confidently I know what I'm doing. So I am going to be working more with my rock. So for anybody that doesn't know, my rock now has wheels and it has a little lead. And I've left it in uni. Hopefully it will not get locked down and, and stuck in there again. I hope to take it home at the end of the week or next week. Um, it's got a little lead on so we won't be getting up to any mischief and I've started to do some more research in around 
rocks and the way that they've been used to communicate messages and where they are and that sort of thing as well and as well as that material wise i'm going to be working with yourself over the weekend and experimenting with some mold making and um, and taking cats socially distanced of course yeah. yeah Yeah, that that sort of ties in with some of the things that I noticed in the studio whenever I was taking photographs. So I had made some plaster mold and because it takes so long for them to dry in my um, not so warm studio, I kind of forgot about them. So I recognised objects that hadn't been used. So I want to give them a crack and see what, um, what comes out of the moulds. Yeah. So do you feel more focused now as well on what you're working on? Absolutely. That has definitely, this week has grounded me and I feel more pointed in the direction towards MFA work. Practically, I've been doing a lot of reading, but I haven't been able to get into the studio. I've been doing a, a few other pieces of work and workshops and whatnot that have meant that I've had to sit with good Wi-Fi at home in order to facilitate workshops. but. They'll finish next week, so that'll give me full days to go into the studio and work through processes. Excellent. I was going to ask you when that wraps up for you. That's next week. That wraps up. I have to say that the group have made some absolutely gorgeous and interesting pieces of work. Um, We have another two workshops to go, so I'm really looking forward to seeing all their final product. Yeah, so it's good that we're we're both focused now and... We're well underway in our in our term. Well, maybe wrap up for this yeah. week and uh, catch up with each other. Hopefully, we get a chat then with Sue Cathcart next. Yes, that will um, be lovely. That will be lovely, and uh, she she's a very very lovely lady. And take care until next time. Yep. See you then. Okay. Bye. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,